CS Week Connect is a series of podcasts that cover customer topics at a strategic level. Greg Knight, Executive Vice President of Centerpoint Energy, is the host. During these podcasts, Greg will share a conversation with one or two other utility executives. The series is brought to you by CS Week, a nonprofit educational entity that provides the largest forum for utility customer service, education, and networking in the world. Today's topic is customer expectations shift around power resiliency. Greg, thank you for hosting this podcast series. Please introduce your panelists and today's topic. Thanks, Ron. Let me just first of all say how appreciative I am of CS Week and its support for the very critical topics that are the most important macro trends affecting our utility industry and then specifically our customer engagement, our customer experience teams. Um, I'm happy to host the dialogue. I think what we're all hoping is that this is a new way of best practice sharing and having conversations with some very important and pivotal companies and leaders um, in our industry and sector. I have the pleasure today of having a conversation with someone I know very well, Tara Sievers, who is the Vice President of Customer Experience at Intergy. And I'm really excited to introduce CS Week to Tara and introduce Tara to the broader community for those that she doesn't know, because we go back a bit of a ways and actually be my first lead in would be just to maybe have you just introduce yourself a bit and give a little bit of your background and then maybe go right into the conversation. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Greg. And I echo your comments in terms of CS Week. I love that this is, uh, frankly, a more digital and shareable way of best practice sharing, especially as we think about the pandemic and not going to conferences as as often as some might go, but actually having something that's digital and shareable. It's it's excellent. Looking forward to being a part of this. Um, so a little bit about myself, as, as Greg shared, I actually have recently joined Entergy, which is a fantastic uh, investor in utility based down in New Orleans and with service territory across Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas, and, and all over Louisiana. I came from National Grid, which is where Greg and I were introduced to each other for the first yeah. time. Actually, not for the first time. We, we served on an advisory board together yes, back in the day as well. Um, and, and a little bit about myself, I actually came from management consulting. Uh, I specialized in healthcare all across Europe and then came to the U.S. where National Grid recruited me to stand up and lead their clean energy and, and customer experience organization. And down at Entergy, I say down because it's south <laughs> up at Entergy, um, I am responsible for their customer strategy and growth And that includes things like the customer journeys, looking at how we can improve that. What does the future of the relationship look like there? Educating and making accessible clean energy solutions. And then also for all digital and call center channels, so the contact centers and and digital channels. So very relevant to our conversation today around customer expectations, for sure. So Tara, with that, let me formally again welcome you to the South. (laughs) <laughs> um, we are utility neighbors as Centerpoint is headquartered in Houston, Texas, where our largest electric utility footprint exists, and as well as our gas territory overlaps Entergy's electric territories. We're, I guess we're, we are still neighbors in a sense um, from a corporate perspective. And so, again, excited to have the conversation with you and to welcome you to the South. Um, with that, you know, 
we all know about the recent events that have been sort of front and center. And I think they've been front and center, um, not just in terms of the media, but they've been on the top of the mind of our customers. Mm -hmm. And so whether we're talking about Superstorm Sandy that hit some of the areas in National Grid where you and I both previously served, derechos in the Midwest, Hurricane Katrina in your area, um, Ike and Nicholas, and the list goes on. And then we can't forget the most recent winter storm that um, hit Texas and not mm -hmm. just our, our territory, Center Point Energy's um, electric territory, but also Intergy's as well. Um, and then that's just to name a few. And so, you know, at the center of these events is this topic around power resiliency, restoration management, and then community recovery and impact. And I wanted to just sort of get your sense in terms of how Intergy is thinking about those three areas and how it's sort of been bringing your team and customer experience to the forefront of the response and the management of these types of events. Yeah, Greg, I think you summarized it really well. I mean, as, as you know, just the last couple that we felt here in Louisiana, um, you know, Ida was just preceded by Hurricane Laura, uh, a storm of equal intensity. And, and both of these are actually the strongest storms to ever make landfall in Louisiana since 1856. And so while Katrina shook the world, uh, these, these storms were actually stronger. And, and while, you know, if we reflect upon what we saw what we did and, and frankly how our customers felt with Ida, while the investment over the last number of years, you know, with lines over 1,500 structures and, you know, so many of those, 99% of those actually were undamaged during Ida. In contrast, we have a seven-mile transmission line, which was pre-1997, which which really impacted and, and created a blackout in, in New Orleans. And while we felt like we had as many many of us experience in in the Gulf, uh, a plan based on frequency and recency with these storms and, and hurricanes and events. I, I think in general the sentiment was we needed to do more and we can do more. And so as we think about the resiliency strategy at a macro level, of course it's focusing on generation and capacity, transmission and distribution. But as we're here to talk a little bit more about the customer experience of all of this. Some of the questions we're asking ourselves now and that uh, myself and my colleagues and team are, are working on are around, first of all, how are we leveraging technology and the capabilities that we've already invested in? For example, AMI. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that would be one. Another piece would be from a customer standpoint, how are we prioritizing our most critical life-threatened customers and the essential services that we know, not only do we have the impact ability with them themselves, but actually they keep the community going during prolonged outages as they're waiting for their restoration. And that's not just hospitals and nursing homes, but as you know, it's gas stations, grocery stores, restaurants and, and pharmacies. And so the real questions, these are real questions here in the event of a major storm in the Gulf. Yeah, and so, you know, I'll tell you, we're dealing with the same thing, you know, at Centerpoint, and there's sort of a different, what we're calling the paradigm shift, and this conversation around resiliency has grown to become more and more K-12 
captivating, at least to the extent of how the discussions changing, you know, in our area. There was a time when I came to this industry in 2009, you know, I think the customer functions were always involved in our emergency response plans and restoration management. And yet over the last several years, we've seen this sort of refocus in our industry and sort of raising of the bar around customer expectations. And it seems like it sort of has evolved the mandate of the customer experience organization. You know, and, and I, I think one of the examples <clears throat> in our territory is we've been having these conversations with customers around resiliency Mm-hmm. And, you know, no longer do you just have one definition. We're actually thinking that resiliency now is defined through the customer's mission and how they also serve end users. And, and that goes back to our communities, our airports, our water systems, you know, our hospitals. And so when you think about your area, this customer experience area for you, how do you see this resiliency topic reshaping the mandate of your customer experience team in terms of you all being right in the center of you know some of the most recent and significant events first of all i love one of the things that you said in 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 your uh in your question and statements there which is how are we defining resiliency um that is we just ran a ton of focus groups with our customers and it is a question that has a different answer depending on who you are from a customer standpoint. And internally, we are re-navigating how we're defining what resiliency is, to your point, in the eyes of our customers. And that is the true definition. I mean, yes, it's how how quickly can we bounce back, but it's what does it actually mean for our customers? Entergy, as as you know, like Centerpoint, has been in that Gulf space, uh, you know, in, in its history. But Actually, in 2021, Entergy did something which is really describe, which is really bringing to life what you just described, which is bringing customer and resiliency to the forefront of, frankly, the overall corporate strategy. And so, as of 2021, there has been an established customer organization which never existed before, a chief customer office organization. And so that is one of the reasons I was brought down here to to help stand that up with my colleagues. And so um, the the fact that we're standing something up so significant and moving organizations, whether it be contact centers and, and otherwise, to this centralized, completely dedicated customer organization, we're bringing customer centricity to the frontline conversation with our distribution ops teams, with our call center agents, uh, they know it better than we do because they hear it on the phone. <laughs> right, um, right. But certainly, getting that pointed focus here is 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 literally what we're doing from a from an organizational standpoint. From a how are we looking at capital and investment standpoint? What is the impact to customer? Some of the questions I wasn't expecting, frankly, folks um, in the T, D, and G spaces of the business are now asking, given the priority that our executive leadership team have put on the table as it pertains to customer centricity. That's great. That's great. And I think that um, so I think the story sounding the same across the industry. And I think it's a topic that um, is actually leapfrogging conversations about the bill. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. anyone ever thought, you know, conversation would be sort of more robust than the bill. And yet and still, it seems like resiliency is front and center with customers, especially those in our service territory. And so there's an obvious paradigm shift. We kind of have a sense of what's driving it. Um, but if you had to sort of look into your crystal ball, 
how do you think we fare in the future looking ahead and and how are you all thinking about what the future looks like in the day in the life of the customer and how Intergy will need to sort of raise the bar to sort of meet those expectations? Thanks, Greg. I mean, we, we talk about the paradigm shift as well. We, we know we are no longer the only choice. We are the incumbent, and that's a powerful statement. We are the incumbent, but we are not the only choice. We've had a tremendous opportunity in the history of the utility model, and frankly, responsibility to serve all and every customer. But as a colleague often says to me, the barracudas are at the door. Uh, and now we need to compete. We need to compete. Uh, and that means stepping up like we've never stepped up around customer experience. It means maintaining a competitive cost model. But how do we do that? And how do we rethink the economics around clean energy, given that's on the, the horizon wherever we are in the country? Obviously, certain spaces and territories are further advanced there. And therefore, educating and informing customers so that they can be equipped to make the right decisions for them is, is going to be something that, frankly, utilities across the country haven't been doing at the scale we're going to need to, because we have to compete. And that's not been a place utilities have been before. Yeah, you know, you make a really important point, and I was going to sort of ease my way into this conversation because it's relevant, but it, I think it's also a bit sensitive. And that is, you know, sort of the actions that customers might also be taking the response into their own hands, right? So mm -hmm. they're, they're sort of looking for ways that they can themselves support their resiliency missions. And, you know, I think it's a little bit different for the residential customer than it is for the CNI customer and what their capabilities are, whether we're talking about backup generation or distributed energy. And so what are you all seeing in, in your market right now? What are those trends and how do you all think about them? Well, well, like you said, those that can afford it will put in their own generators. Uh, and they may be irritated that they were forced to do that, but this is happening. It's happening right where we're living, right in Houston. Um, and you know this from working with me. I struggle with the affordability dynamic of the three universal needs around healthcare, education, okay. and energy. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have to be in a certain tax bracket to access air conditioning or fans to cool down a home that's 100 degrees and with 80% humidity. Right. But right now, um, you know, during the period of an outage, depending on how long the ETR is, that's a reality. Those that can afford it are, are actually, they're okay. They've got their ice and they've got their cocktails and those that can't are struggling. And so to your point, the residential versus the CNI experience is wildly different. Some of their basic threshold ne needs, table stakes as it were, around safe, safety, reliability, affordability, et cetera, are, are generally true across the patch. But the idiosyncrasies around how they want to experience us, as I describe it, what the relationship between us and our customers look like and how we mature that is going to look very different. Tell, tell me if you want us to poke in there or not, but um, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's it's going to look and feel different. Whether you're, you, we can't just call CNI, CNI customers, CNI customers, you know, it's restaurants, bars, it's right. it's mom and pop shops, it's right. it's the dry cleaners, it's the manufacturing plants, et cetera, et cetera. 
You know, that's so true. And I think if we were to think back to our time at National Grid, some of the very good work you did around our comm strategy when we were responding to COVID really demonstrated that, right? We had to not just talk to a segment. We had to talk to specific sort of persons or businesses or verticals. And, mm -hmm. you know, I see our industry heading that way, regardless of whether we're talking about a bill or we're talking about, you know, your resiliency mission. You know, I think that um, customers, it's like Burger King, everybody wants it their way. And yet, and still, there's still a minimum, you know, piece of meat and two buns that you need to just be able to call it a hamburger. But <laughs> with that being said, you know, I think that I think that you've hit on a very important topic, which is equity. And I think that that's going to be something that is increasing in importance. It certainly is in our center point territory. Um, in fact, we're working very closely with the city of Houston that has identified an ecosystem of communities that it's calling complete communities. And we're working with the city um, to actually target grid hardening in those specific areas. And so it's those partnerships. And I love how you articulated those distinctions between those who can and those who cannot. And, you know, I think that that's what's really unique and special about our utility mandate. And our franchise agreement is that, you know, this obligation to serve everyone and how we actually live up to that. And so I love what you talked about. And I think there's going to be more to come in this equity. And I think that it'll be I think it's a topic we have teed up in another podcast. Um, well, Tara, the intention is for these to just be sort of teasers, if you will. And, um, you know, but I wanted to give you some some time to give some final closing thoughts on the topic. Thanks, Greg. I mean, I think it actually in some of the comments you just made around how what are the challenges to getting this done? We, we, we know where we want to get to um, from an from an infrastructure standpoint. We are learning and starting to compete, learning from the Amazons, the Apples, the Googles, the DoorDashes of the world around customer expectations and the digital experience. But we know at a threshold and fundamental level, they depend on they depend on us to power life every day. Absolutely. And we we will continue to invest in the resiliency of our systems in the face of the more infrequent ferocious nature of Mother Nature. Um, but we're not talking about little investments here. And so uh, the cost of this it has great importance and 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 how we can do this economically is going to be massively relevant. A final comment around how we think about affordability as it pertains to resiliency and that dynamic and the juxtaposition, if you will, is if we look at the total customer wallet, Greg, where we were in the Northeast, 8% of, of, of the customer wallet goes to the utility bill. Mm -hmm. In the service territory of Entergy, it's somewhere as high as 30 to 35%. Wow. Okay. That, that, that's a huge, that, that, that's huge. And so how we figure that out is, um, is going to be part of the challenge. And uh, we've got the right folks on it, and and like I said, the company strategically is is in this is in this space more than ever before. Well, you know, if there's one thing that I can say in closing is a um, resounding endorsement that Entergy has an amazing leader in this space. And <laughs> your innovation, your thought leadership, um, I'm, I have no doubt that you all will be able to handily address this issue. Um, and of course, as in always, you know, in the next event, I'm sure we'll be 
holding hands together trying to respond <laughs> uh, to these events. And I want to thank you so much, Tara, for taking the time out on this very important topic and to remind our listeners that these are the kinds of topics that we want to drill into a little bit further at our CS Week conference, where we have our sort of gas and electric investor-owned utility cohorts there to have these conversations and to really share these best practices and to bring these solutions back to to our companies. And so with that, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Rod, again, I want to thank CS Week for facilitating this very important discussion as well. Thank you so much. Greg and Tara, thank you for sharing your insights on this topic. To hear more on this topic, please join us at CS Week's Executive Summit, May 2nd and 3rd in Phoenix, Arizona. Greg and Tara will be discussing this topic in further detail on the second day. To register, reach out to CS Week using our website, csweek.org. We will see you in Phoenix.